Back to bring on the weird. You're Elijah. That's me. You're Will. That's me. You uh, ready to record the new show yesterday? Yeah. How will we do that? Oh, well, there's a real fun way. Maybe. We'll talk about it. If we're going to record tomorrow's podcast yesterday, we're going to have to go back through time. Backwards. Yeah. Forwards forwards to yesterday. Hmm. How can we do that? Wormholes. Yeah, that seems to be the... One of the common theories, although they don't even know if they exist. Well, what about all the walk-ins? Oh, wait, we're not talking about those guys yet. Not yet. That's part two, isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. Folks, History this is of time two- travel. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a two-parter because <laughs> it's in-depth. Yeah, things are going to get true. I'm ready to go on vacation after filling my brain with this stuff. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I was reading it. All the science involved. I was you really realize how dumb you are when you start reading about this stuff. And then and, your vision just goes blurry. Yeah. And then you wish you could go back in time and decide you want to do a different topic for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> instead of this. I read the 1895, I guess it's a novella, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Ooh, that's a good one. <clears throat> yeah, after we after we decided to do this, I ended up reading that. That was a pretty cool story, man. I've never read it before. You read the whole story? Yeah. Nice. I think it's only, what is it, 300 pages, 400 pages? Yeah, it's not It's not too bad. It's a novella. So, I mean... There's two movies. They made uh, an updated version of that movie, I don't know. It's been a few years now. Five? Six years? I don't know. But there was one, there was another one that came out, I think it was before I was born, which is still pretty good. So, now that you read the story, you should check out the movies. Yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty good. I do I do want to see the movie now. But I wonder what the science... Did they talk about the science of how the time machine worked in that story? You know... I, I only remember the movies. I don't remember the book. I never yeah. listened, read or listened not, to that. Not much, but the the very interesting thing was, in it, it almost... Have you heard of The Great Filter? Uh, it's it Basically, it prevents civilization from... Uh, getting too big for their britches, basically. Like, they can't <laughs> evolve past a certain point. Okay. Because then they get wiped out. And this, it almost describes that. Because it seems like, you know, when he gets to, what was it, 700 and, or... He went was far, far into the future. Yeah, I think it was 802,701 was the year. <laughs> and uh, basically, the humans, or whatever they were, they were like devolved creatures so 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 what happened the great filter was like no no like it wasn't some kind of entity that said oh no we gotta dumb these people down they're getting too they're getting too smart i don't know something just wiped them out if humans wiped themselves out and then another sort of species evolved some semi-sentient yeah there was actually there was two species of humans in that there was the subterranean species and then the species that was on top of the planet. But it, it was pretty it was pretty interesting. I I'll, I'll have to check out the movie. Yeah. But that that book or the novella or whatever you want to call it came out in 1895 and that was when that was basically when it first got popularized. Time, time travel. Traveling. Yeah. But there was um a story that came out in 1881 called The Clock That Went Backward by okay. Edward Page Mitchell. It was in yeah. the New York Sun. And that, uh, it's 
I mean, it's time travel, but not in a, the sense that they get in a machine and go where they want. Uh, in this, it says um, when the clock was wound, it would run backwards and transport nearby people back in time. Uh, but from what I saw, the author, he didn't really go into much detail about how the clock works. It wasn't a typical time machine, like I said. <laughs> what is a typical time machine? Well, we might talk about that <laughs> in the next episode, if they are to be believed. Ooh, some of them travelers. are more compelling. Uh, yeah, some are. Yeah, uh, I like their stories, whether they're to be believed or not. They're great stories. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, who doesn't want to know what the future is going to be like, honestly? Right. Or step into the past and just see it. Be part of it. I wonder if they'll have the beer I'm drinking in the future. Ooh. What beer are you drinking in the present? It's uh, Outside IPA by Flying Fish Brewing Company. Oh, what do you have? Something different. Oh, yeah? Just just my Genesee. But you're, yes. you're drinking something different. I'm not drinking something different. Yeah. I try, I try to go different sometimes. <laughs> I need to get a variety pack. That'd be good. That's what I do, but not a lot of companies make variety packs. True. At least not in the stores I go to. Right. Which is basically the same one every time. <laughs> Good old beer store. Yep. So there, there are two prevailing theories for the possibility of time travel. Okay. Uh, wormhole tunneling in cosmic strings, which I can, I wrap my head around wormhole tunneling just, just some. But like cosmic string, string theory, nope, gone. I, it's not, it's not sinking in. What we need is Sheldon Cooper here to help us out. No, oh, you think he'll help? No, nah, probably not. <laughs> Isn't that that's what he worked on, right? String theory in that show. I have, I have no idea. I don't know either. I think it was something like that. He was some sort of something. I know a thing or two about string cheese theory. Yeah, me too. I know a lot about string cheese. I love it. It's delicious. Do you go do you go right for it or do you do you peel it? It depends on what's going on around me. If I'm just freaking starving, I'll rip it open and just start mealing on it. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna take a minute and I'll peel off strands. You're an animal, dude. You just go right for it, huh? Yeah, most of the time. Not me. You gotta peel it. You peel the <laughs> string cheese. You don't go right for it, man. <clears throat> you you might as well just get a block of cheese. Well, yeah, I should. Yeah, I would do that. Do you know what a wormhole is? I, yeah, I did. So I was doing some looking up on wormholes. I know what they say they are or what they say that they think they could be because they don't know if they exist. But do you know anything about them? Um, just what I gleaned from my notes here. Hypothetically speaking, a wormhole is a bi-directional tunnel connecting two space-time locations. According to physicist Michio Kaku, Powering a time machine to travel like this would require the energy of a star or some way to harness negative energy, which is beyond human capabilities as of this recording. Maybe tomorrow they'll figure it out. Maybe. Can you harness the power of a star <clears throat> to go back in time? Uh, no, I, I wish I could, though. I think it'd be cool. To travel through a wormhole? Well, I don't know about that. I was thinking, yeah, but what, what I read, I don't know if you got this, but so well, I saw two different things. All right. But it seems like the majority of scientists believe if wormholes existed, that basically as soon as something tried to go through it, it would collapse and that would be it. I, yeah. Well, I, how does that work? Uh, they're very fragile and it messes up the, I want to say it was the something to do with the gravity. 
they're very fragile, so once... Oh, so adding more mass to it would make it mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then I did. I saw another thing that said it's very possible that there is a super large wormhole right in our galaxy. What? That our was galaxy. from, yeah, the, um, an Italian scientist. And I can't find it now. <laughs> well, I, I didn't really plan on talking about it. I just saw it today. Yeah. So I decided to bring it up. So I don't know. But to whoever is listening to this, beyond 2019, if you're able to travel through the t- through time and return to the past, please come visit us at the same time in two different places. Yeah. No? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. Anybody? No, I don't see anybody. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if it happened as soon as that you said that? would be incredible. Wow. Well, we, we didn't say date and time. August 5th, 2019. No, anybody? No. Damn. Surely they, surely they would know where we are, right? What if our future selves listen to this after we're billionaires from doing this? They're waiting at the precise moment. Hmm. That is one of the time travel paradoxes, actually. <laughs> but we won't get there yet. So, but, so, all right, this is what I've been thinking throughout all of my research for this. If you were to travel through time, backwards or forwards, are you tied to the gravity, let's just say Earth? We're not going anywhere else. We're just traveling in time on Earth. Are you tied to the gravity? Or do you have to come back to the same precise moment the Earth was in that position? Or you're just going to be out there in space someplace? Yeah, you know, I won't get too far into it, but one of the time travelers I'm researching says you have they have to take into account where the Earth is. The orbit and revolution. Yeah, yeah because basically... That. Basically, you're in a different dimension. When you time travel, you're in a different dimension. So if you don't land when the Earth is there again, you're... Good night. Yeah. You're into the vacuum. So do you think you can breathe and all that when you time travel? I don't know. What's in there? How does it get... Would it have to be like a spaceship with supplied oxygen? It would, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're basically leaving Earth and you you have to account for when it's going to be back, I would think you would need supplied oxygen. Yeah, well... That makes sense to me. You'd have, you'd have to be in some sort of vehicle. Yeah, you couldn't some just... Some sort of transportation device. You can't just... Like smack your watch and, and go step, back in time. Step into the swirly tunnel in front of you. Yeah, like throw a disc down on the ground <laughs> and you stand on it and... But then, yeah, if you had the vehicle, then you would have all the technology with you to return, right? You can't just... Mm. Maybe it creates a bubble around it. The vehicle? Well, you? maybe it, maybe it doesn't have to be a vehicle is what I'm saying. I mean, I assume if you time travel, it's going to be a quick process. It's going to be a quick trip. It's not going to take you, a, you know, an hour. So maybe it creates this bubble around it where it holds the oxygen. So it pulls you and the atmosphere around you. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Can you, can, you think you can control that atmosphere? Can you control that bubble? Probably not. It's probably whatever energy it generates just grabs whatever's around and just goes you know what i mean true so if if you have somebody standing next to the time machine they might go too or maybe just their arm goes if they're standing. <laughs> i was just gonna say <laughs> just a piece of them yeah you suddenly put, you're, you're in 1887 and there's just an arm that yeah, came with you <laughs> you definitely have to mark off the area around your time machine so nobody gets too close and how do you know how, you. how would you know where the bubble is because if you're if you're testing it and you go, you don't know where that bubble is. 
You don't know no. how big that bubble is. Yeah. If you and put your arm, make... keep your arms and legs in the time bubble at all times or sure. lose them in transition. Yeah. Don't put your arms straight out from your body. And no T-posing traveling through time. Yeah, do not dab because <laughs> that arm that's sticking out, that's gone. gone. Unless it's a big bubble. With a couple people? And maybe you take your dog Einstein with you. <laughs> He's not, a good one. Not your dog, like your homie, like your, like Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I, f- I realized the way I said it, people might have been like, oh, he's going to take his homie Einstein. <laughs> That's my dog. Let's go, LBE. <laughs> so um, physicist Brian Green, he's a, a string theory expert. Had he, He's a little critical on wormhole tunneling. He said, many people, oh, this is a quote, many people who study the subject doubt that the approach has any chance of working. But the basic idea, if you're very, very optimistic, is that if you fiddle with the wormhole openings, you can make it not only a shortcut from a point in space to another point in space, but a shortcut from one moment in time to another moment in time. Which just, the wrinkles in my brains are flattening out. It's not, does not compute. Yeah, how did, <laughs> first off, if a wormhole does exist, how the hell would you move it? Right. Like, I would you think it would, just, it, it's just there. Like, you can't move a black hole. Yeah, can you, you? You, no, I don't think so. You can't just lasso it and say, "Come on, let's go." And you can't, you, like, how would you? You couldn't even do it with gravity if you had something with a large mass because a, a black hole is just going to suck that thing in. Could, could there be something more dense, more gravitational pull than than that to well, pull maybe. it along? Maybe if it's a small black hole, you got to stand your ground when you're trying to pull your dog along. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. So you gotta have to, you gotta have a bigger, meaner dog. But somehow, you'd have to, man, controlling something that dense with that much gravitational pull. Uh, how would you even? Yeah, you know, what happens if it gets away from you, dude? Can you just like <laughs> swallow up a, some solar system or our solar system? It just goes spinning out of control if yeah, you lose then. control of it, and then all of a sudden it's freaking Katamari Damacy in the universe. It's just rolling everything up. Yeah, Black it, holes, everything. It goes through, sucks, sucks up the sun. <laughs> That's it. Lights out, buddy. And we're all, all dead. Damn. Did you ever play Katamari Damacy? I did not. I had no idea what you were talking about. I just went with it. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, you're this. So there's this cosmic king, and you're this. You're you're his the prince. You're the sun, and he. You're given this this ball, and you start out small enough to roll this ball up that has this attractive quality to it magnetism or stickiness whatever but you're only you're only big enough to pick up like paper clips and pencils and erasers that kind of thing so it's got this gravitational pull where you just roll it up and it starts sticking to it and all the different things are sticking to the outside and eventually you get bigger then you can start rolling up like notebooks and then eventually chairs and then whole beds and then you go outside and you start rolling up bushes and trees and then you get the house it's like that game hole.io. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know what? That's a perfect example of a black hole just cruising around sucking stuff up. Yeah. It starts small, starts sucking things up, and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Actually, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't think black holes get bigger the more stuff they suck up. No? I don't think so. Are they all created equal, though? Mm, I assume a black hole is a black hole and would hold the same properties regardless, right? You want to you wanna test that? I'm going to go get my black hole. You gonna okay. get your black hole to fight my black hole? Mm, I mean, 
obviously a larger black hole is going to be more powerful than a smaller one. Maybe. But what if the I smaller would... one's more dense? It's got more stuff in it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I'm not an astrophysicist. <laughs> so I would say a small black hole would be equal to a large black hole if the small black hole was the same size as... Do you see what I'm saying? I think they all hold the same... Like a small black hole has the same density Okay. in relation to a large black hole. I don't know. I, I didn't... Ratios. Yeah, I didn't look it up, so I don't know for sure. Yeah, I have no idea. But I would think a black hole is a black hole, just one's big and one's small. How much hole can a black hole hold if a black hole could a whole hole? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, three. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good prime number. That works. Hmm. Want to hear about cosmic strings? Or you got something? What do you got? Well, I have something on... Tunneling? Well, just the, you know, the wormhole thing. Yeah. Um. Okay, this uh, I, I wrote, uh, if you took one end of a wormhole and placed it on a spaceship and launched okay. it at nearly the speed of light... Because then... that's the speed limit. Speed of light is the speed limit that we know. Yeah. But if you do that, then... A little something called time dilation kicks in. Oh. And the time experienced by the movable end is much less than the time experienced by the fixed end. You, I mean, you basically said the same thing, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just keep Maybe. saying all these uh, scientific things, <laughs> and we're not that scientific. I like science. I'm just not good at it. Yeah, I, I need to be explained like I'm five. Yeah, I'm not a science matician. Science matician. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so you have a stationary wormhole, and then you have a wormhole going nearly nearly the speed of light away, as well, what you said. One end. So how you you said that if you just it, not only is it a way to get to far off places, it can also be used for time travel. But now, my, is that because you're you're going away so fast that the other? Yeah, people aren't coming here for science. I don't think. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, we have some facts, but we can't explain them. No. I watched a video. I just spoke about time dilation. Yeah. And I was like, like I was trying to, I was reading it, and I was like, I thought I knew what they were talking about, so I went on YouTube, and I searched uh, time dilation explanation or explained or something. Yeah. And I came across this video called Time Dilation, Einstein's Theory of Relativity Explained. And it's by uh, Science ABC. Okay. And it's a little cartoon. I'm pretty sure it's meant for kids, but it really, I really understood it after that. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> so, he, apparently, Einstein, he was, I guess he was leaving his workshop one day, and he, he got on a train, and he looked back at, at this clock, this big clock, I don't know if it, it was like a Big Ben type thing. Okay. And he, he got back. He looked at it. Hey, was it Big Ben? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's fine. But anyway, he realized he was going away, and then the hands seemed to move a little slower. So then he was, or yeah, the, it. So then he he was thinking, well, would like you know if I'm going to speed of light or almost the speed of light, how slow would they go? Would they stop? Oh. So then he was thinking. All right, so that that is kind of weird. So he started doing a little research on it. So basically, time dilation is the closer to a gravitational source you are. Okay. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me say. Okay. 
the further away from a gravitational force you are, the slower time goes. For who? You? For the person. So if you're in space, Uh time is going slower for you than for somebody on Earth. Okay. Because you're further from the gravitational pull of person B. Correct. Um, And they actually, this is proven because they have to calibrate our satellites because Uh they, the time is different. They have a difference of 38 microseconds, which is 0.000001 seconds a day, which doesn't sound like much, but it's proof that time is different the further away from a gravitational force. So, I mean, that's that would so be that that theory is proven that the further away from the source of gravity, the slower time is for you. We've proven that with the technologies of today with the satellites because in your GPS and your maps or whatever, it can tell how fast you're driving in your car what what 150,000 miles above you. Yeah. Give or take a micrometer or two <laughs> yeah so but the clocks so I, in there have to be have to be um calibrated so that they uh, can account for the discrepancy yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. and somebody figured out that math yeah not us 38 microseconds oh i'm sorry i said point zero 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 one. yes you did that is one microsecond so i just i looked up what microseconds were uh-huh. Exactly, so I would know, and I put it in my notes wrong. So, so that that many zeros with thirty-eight. Well, one less zero. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm gonna go on record and say that's basically proof you can travel into the future. So, if you can travel at near the speed of light, all right. You set up your wormhole on one side. You got it up there in space, and you got up your nice, pretty gate setting up there, just on the other side of the moon. Not quite to Mars. Then you take your uh, your shuttle, whatever we're going to call it in the future, that can travel at near light speed. Light speed's fast. And you take that out to where are we going to go? Let's just go to the edge of our own galaxy. You want to go there? Yeah. No, or, or the solar system. Solar system or galaxy. Where do you want to go? Other side of the galaxy? Anyway. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, don't want to go to the edge of the solar system. I mean, it's just an asteroid belt out there. You want to go a little further? Yeah, I want to go a little further, find some ETs. Ah, Pleiades. Yeah. Check them guys out. So if you can travel at nearly the speed of light, it'll take you, What? I don't know how far the Pleiades were. 444 light years away, is that what it was? 444.2 light years away. So that's kind of far, but okay, let's go with it. If you travel at near light speed, it would take you 500 years to get there because you're not traveling at light year speed. Right. So then there would be a 500 year difference in that wormhole. Is that... Are you saying you're taking a wormhole all the way to Pleiades? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need that long then. The wormhole is going to shoot you through. I mean... Well, you got to get the wormhole there. Oh, you're saying take one end of the wormhole there somehow. Yeah. Have one end so here. So one setting one set on Earth in 2019, and then you go off light years away. No, I, I think I'm... <laughs> that's ridiculous. I think I'm thinking of it backwards, because by the time you get there, you're you are still... You're, you're dead. You're dead at 500 years. Yeah, but if you travel at light speed, it's still going to yeah. take you like 500 years. Yeah. So say, I'm really, okay. I'm really so, messing it up. Say I'm we really can live. Up. Say we can live for a thousand years. So if we went there, you're saying we would still be 
relatively young compared to everybody back here. Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. That that would be correct. So the time, all that time would pass. No, I think I'm messing it up. It was, so you saw Interstellar, right? Yeah. It's like that. When he they, stayed the when, same age. Yeah, but when they went to planets that had high gravity, was it high gravity? The guy on the shuttle aged 20 years or something. Yeah, but you know what? Doesn't that kind of defeat time dilation? If they're on a planet with high gravity, wouldn't they age faster than anybody who's out in space? Dude, we are really messing this up. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just going by what the what, yeah. what I saw on uh-huh. the, the YouTube Kids video. I I know what you're saying. I think there's a lot of contradictions in time travel. Mm, yeah, let's ugh, let's take a break so we can collect our thoughts. <laughs> yes. Is, Things are getting out of control. We're going to have to figure out what what we're not talking about. All right. We'll see you after the break, guys. All right. Thoughts have been collected. Sort of. Probably. A little bit. There's some strings, but really it feels like threads. Had to get another drink because it's getting deeper. Yeah. Let's talk about cosmic strings for a second, and then we'll get into the thoughts that we collected. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about the strings. All right. Another popular theory for potential tri- time travelers involves something called cosmic strings. Narrow tubes of energy stretched across the entire length of the ever-expanding universe. These skinny regions left over from the early cosmos are predicted to contain huge amounts of mass and therefore could warp the space-time around them. You, are you still with me? I'm listening, but uh, <laughs> why, do they, why do they think that? It's not sinking in? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, cosmic strings are either infinite or they're in loops with no ends, said J. Richard Gott, author of Time Travel in Einstein's Universe and an astrophysicist at Princeton University. So they are either like spaghetti or spaghetti-o's. Yeah. You still with, you still with yeah. me? <laughs> yep. Except spaghetti yep. is in, infinite. Spaghetti is infinite. Or the loop is infinite. The approach of two such strings parallel to each other, said Gott, will bend space-time so vigorously and in such a particular configuration that might make time travel possible in theory. And his quote, This is a project that a super-civilization might attempt. It's far beyond what we can do. We're a civilization that's not even controlling the energy resources of our planet. He's not wrong. We're dummies. Yeah, and I mean, in the grand scheme of things... (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're pretty stupid. Yeah. Can we stop fighting over pretend borders? Can we get our stuff together? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't think we can. <laughs> Not think, in our lifetime. I think in our lifetime, we're going to meet that great filter, and we're going to die. <sighs> we're going to just get wiped out, dude. That's why we haven't been visited by time travelers. Because we're dumb. We haven't made it that far. <laughs> they won't let us. They haven't They haven't shared their technology because we're stupid. Can we, we all just get along? We would Find a way to weaponize it, whatever it is. Oh, my God. And then hold it over everybody's heads. We got it. We got it. You don't. Uh You guys are fighting over sand and water, dummies. That sounded horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here is the the whole thought about... What I was trying to explain and what we were trying to talk about is traveling far, far away. Pleiades is too far for us. 444 light years? Dude, move closer, guys. Move your Pleiades closer. I know. Our closest neighbors are the Greys and Zeta Reticuli. Yeah, those guys. I don't know how far they are. 
They're like the bad neighbors. Oh, God. All right, so we're in a ghetto. I didn't say it, but <laughs> we got bad neighbors. Uh, State Farm is there. Where? A good neighbor. Womp, <laughs> <laughs> womp. Oh. I'm womp, so, womping myself because I didn't get it. I should have got it. You don't think they'll sponsor us now? We can do better next time. Yeah, not if it requires any acting. Like a good neighbor, the grays are there. Yeesh. It's the worst neighbor. And we got reptilians living subterranean. Subterranean where? Here? Here. Ugh. Yes, sir. I don't want an iguana the size of my house. Yeah, so we have... Knocking on the door. Reptiles under us. The grays are our neighbors. We're doomed. We're not too far from a reptile dysfunction. (laughs) 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 All right, let's get back on track here with... With a quote from Brian Green. Quote, if you want to know what the Earth is like one million years from now, I'll tell you how to do that. Build a spaceship, go near the speed of light for a length of time that can be calculated. Come back to Earth, and when you step out of your ship, you will have aged perhaps one year, while the Earth would have aged one million years. You would have traveled to Earth's future. So you travel at near the speed of light. Provided you don't bump into anything, crash through any freaking asteroids or other planets or whatever. It's dark out there, dude. There's some lights around, but it, it's dark out there. Yeah. How are we going to travel in one direction and then come back? However long it takes, you, you'll have a birthday or two, then you'll come back to Earth's future. If you yeah. travel, if we try to go to Pleiades, traveling at near the speed of light, and it takes us 500 years to get there, and mm-hmm. we go through... How many generations? Five, ten generations? There's not going to be an Earth when we get back. You don't think? If we can, if we go one light year and it's a million years on Earth, mm-hmm. then it's going to be the year 40 million when oh, we get back yeah. from Pleiades. The sun will probably be gone then, right? When do they say, when do they think it's going to start expanding? Five million? Five billion years? I don't think it's billion. No, I don't think it's a billion either. So, yeah, I mean, we probably would be gone. Yeah. The whole solar system would the probably whole- be gone. Except for maybe the outer planets. The outer planets might survive. Well, if the sun's gone. Well, I mean, they're still going to be there. The sun's not going to be gone. It's going to turn into... Red dwarf? White dwarf? Neutron? No, I don't think neutron. It's got to have a lot of mass for a neutron, right? I don't know. Because there's something else we'll have to talk about. That's weird. Stars are weird. Everything is weird. (laughs) Literally everything. But right now, we do not have the capability to travel anywhere near what could be considered close to the speed of light. The sun, think think about this. Here's some numbers. Let's think about these numbers. The sun is 92.96 million miles from Earth. That's 149.6 million kilometers for our listeners that are outside of the U.S. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Uh it takes light about eight minutes and twenty seconds to get from the sun to the Earth. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they figure that out. For the photon to hit the outer atmosphere, for the photon to hit the sea level, whatever it is, eight minutes. It seems bizarre. Uh, it seems like it should be. It seems like it should be instant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we you look on, up and we sun. turn the light on in the house, instant. Like you just you just assume it's instant. Right. But the sun is so far away. It take it takes eight minutes. And I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know what the exact time is, but it takes a period of time to, like, the Curiosity rover on Mars. That's really far away. It takes a period of time to send that radio frequency to tell Curiosity what to do. 
and then it takes a period of time to say, yes, I've done it, to come back. So they'll they'll send a signal, okay, move forward one foot, send a signal, wait. you you got to wait however long it takes to get there and back to say that it has moved. Yeah, and that's a radio signal. Yeah, well, it travels at the speed of light. Radio signal? Yeah, radio frequency. It does? Yeah. I am an idiot. <laughs> We're still getting radio signals from Voyager, which has left our solar system, left the heliosphere. But it takes yeah. a long time to bring that signal back home. I guess just sending stuff out. Man, what do you think that thing is seeing, man? Oh, I don't know. Real, like really seeing, not what Darkness. we're being told. Not what Darkness. we're being told it's seen. Oh. Yeah, right, dude. Right outside of our solar system could be, there could be like Club Med out there. <laughs> There'd be another planet out there. Like that's where the, all the aliens hang out. The asteroid belt is just a privacy fence <laughs> so that we don't see them. They can peek over every once in a while. It's the gated community. Yeah. They just, whenever they feel like it, they just Voyager. hop over the fence and come check us out. Sometimes they lose their ball over here. They got to come and get it. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a Oh, it, it, it was their uh, Frisbee. They lost their Frisbee. <laughs> then they had to come and get it. Well, it, it came back. It went around the sun, and it went back over to them. It was like a boomerang. So that was a, there's Australian grace? Don't know, mate. <laughs> yeah, Voyager is seeing some stuff. Past the heliosphere, so it's out of the range of the gravity of the sun. That's cool. Uh, it's It's pretty awesome. But... It's not traveling in time. Nope. Unless they get it to a black hole, which if you get, I think if you get just to the event horizon, you don't get, you don't get, I mean, if you get too close, you're done. But if you get just to the event horizon, time for you, for some reason, goes is significantly slower than anywhere else, which I don't understand because time dilation says the opposite, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, time dilation says the further away from a gravitational force, the slower the time goes. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there's, well, yeah, that's what you said. There's such a gravitational pull and force in the black hole that time slows down a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, but you're really close to that gravity. Yeah. So isn't time going to go quickly for you? Well, or that... is time, perceived time, going to go quickly for you? You're not physically going to age. But you can watch everything else age. Huh. There's such a deep pull in the black hole that you're watching the cosmos just do what the cosmos do. Man, I want to do that. You want to go chill at the edge of an of horizon? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go through a black hole. I want, be... I want them to figure out a way to get through a black hole. Because I have a theory that if you go through a black hole, it's not the end. I think there's something on the other side. Yeah, that's... You can't just... It doesn't just crush you. I mean, it, it crushes you, but it's there has to be something on the other side. Right, because all the other theories say that energy cannot be destroyed. It's only transferred. Uh, it's not destroyed. Transformed. Transformed or something like that. Mm. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It just gets transformed. So where's it going? All that energy is getting pulled into that black hole. Where is it going? Is it? Is it making it more dense? To make more gravity? Yeah. Huh. I like it. Feels and good. then once they get full, then they blast out the... Burp it up? Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen that, right? Like, they've seen stuff shooting out of black holes. Yeah. Unless that's another civilization who shot through the black hole, and we see them shooting out this side. They just brought everybody with them. 
maybe maybe they're just going really fast. We just see like a streak of light. They, yeah. <laughs> I think they'd be going faster than that, but faster than the speed of light? I don't think George Jetson was going the speed of light. Oh, no. He was just traveling on bubbles or whatever it was, shooting out of the back. That was a cool cartoon. <laughs> yeah, but what was happening down below everybody? Yeah, I don't know. The Flintstones? Maybe. It was them it was them down there below the clouds, but then the future was just above them. The far flung future. Well, time dilation. <laughs> Is that planet that big? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know how fast time or do you know how fast light travels? Uh I did. It's You don't anymore? I do not. Go ahead. Oh. 186,282 miles per second. 299,792 kilometers per second. Hmm. That's fast. Yeah, it's a little quick. Yeah. And so far, humans have only gotten to 24,790 miles per hour. Light is 670,616,629 miles per hour. And the guys who travel that fast was a... They were it was Apollo ten because they went they were testing to see if they could do the moon landing and they went twenty four thousand miles an hour out around the moon. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Commander Thomas P. Stafford, Command Module Pilot John W. Young, and Lunar Module Pilot Eugene A. Cernan of Apollo ten. They did everything but put their stuff on the moon. But that is as fast as humans have traveled. So if we traveled, if we could sustain 24,000 miles per hour, it would still take, I don't know, 100 days, 115 days to get to the sun at 24,000 miles an hour, and the sun is far away. And that's that's sustaining that speed. So we're nowhere near being able to warp space-time currently. You know what I really don't understand about uh, space travel? I know it has nothing to do with time travel. If you get to that speed in space, Uh why can you not sustain it? Why can't you just turn off the fuel? There's nothing to slow you down. There's no resistance. That's a very good point. So, so you, you just you just get need to, to accelerate speed. that far. You need to get out of you need to get out of the speed well. Like to get get off the Earth, you have to get out of the gravity well. Right. So all you have to do is get to that point and then turn it off. You don't need any more fuel. You're in a vacuum. There's nothing sure. to slow you down. You would just go forever at that speed. Correct. I mean, that's the way I take it. That makes sense until you smash into some dark asteroid somewhere. Yeah. So that's that's my biggest thing about sure if everything's out of the way, great. But if there is something in your way, if you're going twenty four thousand miles an hour in a pebble, you go through a just a small stone in space, yikes. Oh yeah. Catastrophic. Even <laughs> yeah. space dust, it's catastrophic. Yeah. So you need a shield. Uh, so I don't you wanna talk about these paradoxes at all? Yeah, yeah. So so we can't travel in time because of reasons. Yeah. That's what you're going with, right? Yeah. So I'll go with the most popular one, the right. grand, grandfather paradox. Yeah. Have you heard this one? Yeah. It says that uh, no matter how hard you try, you cannot go back in time and kill your grandfather. Obviously, if you did, you would not be alive in the future to go back and attempt to kill him. So you get to your grandfather, hold a gun to him, go to pull the trigger. Then what happens? Something must prevent the gun from firing. Yeah, if you got back that far, if you were at that point, it would have to prevent you from firing it so that you can travel back in time to not fire it again. It would it would be something. I mean, whether yeah. it jams, uh, he ducks, you chicken out, whatever, 
it doesn't happen. Time will fight back. It literally cannot. It cannot happen. What if, because after I read that and it started to sink in a little bit, what if you hired somebody else to do it? You knew you did not want to exist. It can't so, happen. Because can't you, it? No, because you wouldn't be around in the future to hire somebody to do it. Yes, you're right. Man. Yeah. yeah. You can't. Mm, mm-hmm. You cannot do it. So something stops you every time. Time fights back. It's it it sort of seems like whatever happened in the past is the past and you cannot change it. Yeah, so you, if if you did go back in time and you did something, it was already part of time. Right. If somehow you could get back there and move the flower pot from that window to that window, it already happened. Right. So unless you didn't go back, see, what if you didn't go back in time intending to move that flower pot? You went back in time for something else, but you moved that flower pot. Could that cause something in the future? Because your intention wasn't to go back and move the flower pot. No, but it already happened. That's the paradox. Yes. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. But I'm saying, so the grandfather paradox basically says you intend to go back to change a specific something. thing. You yeah. cannot change that specific thing because otherwise you would not have gone back to begin with. Right. So that... That's what I'm saying. That's like that part, that line is already written. But what if you go back, you veer off course a little bit, you move a flower pot, then you get back on course. Does that moved flower pot change anything in the future? I don't think so. I think it's already happened. It, regardless of your intentions your or your improvisation, once you get to that point, it's already happened. So you're saying you don't time, believe in the butterfly is, effect? No, I don't think so. If you go down that track, time is strictly linear. Hmm. Moving into the future, that's what we talked about, traveling at high speed and then coming back, which seems seems goofy. But that's 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 how my brain is interpreting time travel. You you have to go to some you have to go at crazy speeds to some far flung place and then come back if you want to see what a hundred years from now looks like. But if you go back in the past, regardless of your intentions or your plan, anything that pops into your head when you go back has already happened. Okay. Because your your present is your present, whether correct whether you whether whether your present is last Wednesday or your present is now, it's already happened. Hmm. <laughs> that that's where my brain is going. What what do you think? Uh, not that man. <laughs> I think. Hmm. I don't know. I think we should just go on to another paradox. <laughs> Do it. Go so I got a ontological paradox, also known right. as the bootstraps paradox. And it says, this paradox presents itself when a person or object is sent through time and recovered by another person whose actions then lead to the original person or object back to the time from when it came in the first place, thus creating an endless loop with no discernible point of uh, origin. The original person or object is essentially pulling itself up by its bootstraps. So when I read that, I uh, said, what? <laughs> I, I didn't understand. It, it felt like somebody, you know, they put a spoon in my brain and stirred it all up. I didn't know what it <laughs> <clears throat> So I looked for an example of it. Uh-huh. And it, the example I found, I apparently this is a popular example, but it says... Uh, in the Terminator, 
a T-800 goes back in time to kill John Connor, Connor, and the T-800 gets destroyed. Scientists find the parts and use them to develop Skynet and the Terminators. Skynet wouldn't have been created if Skynet hadn't sent a Terminator back in time to get destroyed and lead to the creation of Skynet. Yeah, I can see that. So, so yeah, I, that makes sense to me. You, it's a it's a closed loop. Then you can't. Yeah, the the technology essentially came from nowhere. Then. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. Uh, an example that I read or heard was um, a future George Lucas took the Star Wars script, went to his younger self. I just put it on the desk and left. And then young George Lucas came up and said, oh, what's this? All right, I'm going to make this movie. Where did it originally come from? Yeah. Yeah, I saw I, I saw a thing similar about, like, Jimi Hendrix or whatever. But, yeah, it it's weird. Who? Because young George Lucas didn't because he got it from old George Lucas. Then where did George, old George Lucas get it from? Right. It's yeah. weird. That's, it's, it's really strange. Yep. That's a, that's a mind melt. <clears throat> Yeah, I was trying to come up with my own example, and I was, I was trying to think of it, and I was like, you know what? Let me just go with this. Apparently, <laughs> that Terminator one is really popular, so I went with it. Have you heard of the predestination paradox? Uh, no. Go with it. It's uh, similar to Bootstrap's paradox, um, but it's a little different. The time traveler goes back to prevent an event, but ultimately causes the event to occur. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a very irony-heavy paradox. Right. So basically, like, you go back in, in time to stop a car accident, but your sudden appearance causes the driver to swerve into the other lane, causing the accident that you went back to prevent. Right, which is kind of what I was saying. It's already happened. Yeah, that yeah that does fall in, in line with the predestination paradox. It, it It's like, uh, it, it almost reminds me of, like, Final Destination, where death is... It, you're it's going to happen. Yeah. One way or the other, you're going to cause that accident, whether it's your sudden appearance on the side of the road or you show up a day before and you accidentally make the guy angry. You, you know, it, somehow you're causing that to happen. Yeah. Every single time. See, that that works in my head. <laughs> That's a theory I, that 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 sticks in the wrinkles of my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Where it it already happened, you're not gonna change it because we already writ we've already written this history. Right. You can't change it. Right. You're just if you go back, you're just a spectator. You're just part of the story now. Uh, a recent episode of Doctor Who kind of touched on that. It was was they went back to um, when Rosa Parks decided not to get up from her seat, and they were trying to get. Everyone else in the town involved, it was all the Doctor Who characters. They're trying to get everybody else involved to get on the bus at that time because they knew at that time what needed to happen. So they couldn't get other people involved, so they got on the bus themselves, and then they come to realize it was them who caused this issue. Really? Yeah, that's how they that's how they did that story. Yeah, so I mean that's the exact – that's a great example of the exact same paradox. Right. Hmm. That's the irony. They went it, to. It is. It, it is a very ironic paradox. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna stop this. Nope. Psych. You caused oh, it. Straight up caused it. Mm-hmm. Got anything I else? Think, I well, I I do have 
the butterfly effect, but I mean, I guess we all know what that is, right? Um, I don't know if it's technically a paradox, but it could create a significant problem. So say you go back in time, there's a mosquito that lands on a nearby vacant table. You decide to smash the mosquito, which would have ultimately went on its way if you weren't there. Mm -hmm. That mosquito was carrying a terrible disease that would have infected and killed possibly the worst dictator mankind has ever seen before. Um, So by smashing the mosquito, you allow that terrible person to gain power and subsequently drastically change the future. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. So that if you didn't show up, if you didn't sit at that table and smash that mosquito, it was a vacant table before. That mosquito goes on to, uh, not to be morbid, but maybe bite, like infect a, a child. Yeah, yellow fever, malaria, whatever. And, and that child dies. Right. But if you smash that mosquito, that child could grow up to be the worst thing this planet has ever seen. So you you just caused the worst dictator ever to grow up. Yeah, I can see that. And commence his or her reign of terror. Is but, it a dictator if it's a female or a dictatoress? <laughs> I assume it's still a dictator, right? I think we're still going to go as a dictator. Yeah. What were you going to say about it? Uh, That one, I, I'm not so on board with that one as I am with the predestination. Because it's our... I, I believe it's already happened. You can't do anything about it. Whatever has happened has happened, whether you caused it or not. But what if you you going back? Uh, this doesn't argue my, uh, you know, this my theory or whatever. But what happens if maybe you going back creates a alternate timeline? Oh, see, now we're going some other places. Yeah, parallel universes and all that jazz. So if, if you go back in time, you create an alternate timeline. Uh huh. When you go back to your time... Nothing has changed. Well, something would have to change. You're in an alternate timeline. There has to be a, a slight change. Are you coming... But, but would you, you... You're only moving forward in the new timeline, or are you going back to your universe you would, I would timeline? Think you would, I would think you would have to go forward in the new timeline, right? Because yeah. how would you jump... Well, if you, you going back creates a new timeline... Yeah. Then it's a new timeline. Yeah. So you can't go forward in time to your original timeline. So that one is now somewhere else without you. Yeah. It's another it's another universe without you and whatever tragedy, whatever event you try to prevent. You just you just happened. turn into mm-hmm. you just but turn into that, another missing person. You're a walk into another universe. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. And you to be honest walk, with you, no one does. You can't walk into your own body. Right? You don't just transfer your consciousness to your other you in the other universe. Right. There's another you. But maybe there is... You've gone to prevent the tragedy, and now you've left another you. But maybe you're going to a universe that doesn't have a you. If they say there's multiple infinite universes, right? If that's Mm -hmm. what they say is true, then there has to be at least one that doesn't have you. All right. Yeah. You're right. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's one where I'm super tall. <laughs> there's one where I'm in great shape. And the new Larry Bird. Yeah. <laughs> That's an old reference. Nobody knows who Larry Bird is. How old are you? Come on. I know who he is. I didn't see him play. <laughs> I know who the Birdman was. No. Tony Hawk. Well, I was, I was going with the rapper Birdman. <laughs> old Tony oh, Hawk. Th- there's too many universes happening now. 
I know, we just keep crisscrossing. That's what the Mandela effect, they, some say, is. Parallel universes? Yeah, our universe Ms. Ms. is col- colliding with another universe and changing things. Because one universe was the Baron Stein Bears, and one universe was the Baron Stain Bears. Yeah. And one universe, Mandela died in jail, and one he didn't. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I don't, I don't really have much more on this, man, to be honest I don't with either. you. I, I think we've dove into the sciences, and we've expressed our opinions on what we can understand of the sciences. Yeah, I mean, you guys can do research on this stuff. It, I mean, if you understand these words better than us, because... <laughs> It's they're all confusing. Earth words, but I don't even know if they're all Earth words, man. To be oh. honest with you, some of them I saw. I said, "No way, not a chance." That's from Earth. So it was the aliens that brought back the script for young George Lucas. It wasn't old George Lucas. Old George Lucas got the script from the aliens. There's a theory that aliens are us from the future. Like I can't, I can't take that. Like the Greys are us from the far, far distant future where we evolved, and now we're coming back and screwing with ourselves. Well, coming back and checking us out. Don't screw ourselves. <laughs> I don't know what they do to you. They don't screw me. <laughs> Rubbing their spirit cooking all over. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we should end it on that. Yeah, what do you think? You think time travel is real or no? Or do you want to save that for uh, the end of episode two? I want to say moving into the future is true, and moving into the past is extremely improbable. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're the exact same way. I mean, they basically prove that you can move into the future. Yeah, the satellites. Yeah. So, and moving into the past, I just don't see how you can do it. I mean, that stuff already happened. You would, I I know how to, I know what I'm thinking. I just don't know how to explain it. Like predestination. It already happened, which means. It already happened. Time is linear then. So if you go back in time. It's your present. It's everybody else's present, but you see things from the past, but it's still your present. Which means it has to be an alternate timeline where you. Why? You stop that. <laughs> because you're not actually going back in time. You're just jumping timelines. That's the current time in that timeline. You're just jumping. So now you're going That's to mess thesis. up whatever future event yeah. is happening in the other universe where then you will be born or are already younger. Yeah. So, I mean, say you have a ruler and then another ruler below it. And you jump, your timeline, you're at six. But then you jump straight down to the other ruler, which is at a two. Oh, uh uh-huh. Maybe that's how time travel works. You're just jumping down to the next timeline instead of going backwards. Because no matter how many infinite universes there are, they're all happening at the same time, and you're just jumping into another one. Yeah. But maybe that's just at, at a different period of time. That you can then affect. Yes. I'm going to need more beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's end it there. Let's go get some beer. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that was part one. And then part two, we're going to talk about some people who have traveled in time. That's what well, they say. They? I don't know. We'll see. Some so anyway, cats. we're uh, on the socials, bring on the weird, anchor.fm slash bring on the weird, on all the podcast things. Pick one. All the things. There's even others. Yeah, so we were on a new one, right? I don't know. There's I thought a, so. We go other is all it says. But you know what's funny? What I found funny? In our analytics, uh, 94% of the listeners are in the U.S., 1% U.K., 1% Brazil, 1% Germany. 
That's only 97%. Yes, it is. The Greys, the Pleiadians, the Archons, they're all listening. You know, you can, go, pre- you can go on there and you can check other planets. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, you think I'm joking? <laughs> you really can. If you... Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna stop there. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Time for some shout outs. Ready? We want to give a shout out to Lattes and Legends podcast, Real Sharks podcast, Politics with Dummies podcast, and From the Bottom podcast with Cal and Jay. Until next time, stay weird. <laughs>